Welcome back to the Gospel for Life. It's always a joy to start the morning with you, and whether you're listening to the podcast or driving to work or hauling people around, we appreciate you taking the time to, to listen. I'm Russ Herman from Cloverdale United Reformed Church. In the studio today is Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring Reformed, and he is one of our normal, regular I'm just normal. Normal. Yeah, actually, actually the, this is something I like to tell people. I'm I'm normal. Yeah. We have been missing Josh Bale. I have all the normal proclivities and uh, <laughs> problems as well. Josh Bales is absent from us today. Should be back in the studio next time we record. Um, but in Our his special place, guests are more normal. More normal. Yeah. Yes, and that is. Vinny Henke from Valley Life Community Church and Alan Burroughs from King's Congregation. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming in and taking some time to answer some Great questions. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Thank you. We are normally we end with this. I'm gonna front load today. We are excited about an upcoming conference in October, October twenty first and twenty second. We have been having this conference since two thousand and seventeen. Um, one of our speakers back in 2017 was Dr. Beakey, and he is returning um, again this year. He will be joined by Derek Thomas, and they will be talking on the on the topic of the church. Art, uh, actually, the Gospel for Life's time in the studio here um, was a prelude to the first conference that we had, and then became the whole postscript on other conferences. We we. We are tied to the conference and uh, in a, a very uh, organic way. Probably, maybe you as listeners care, maybe you don't, but we often say things that you probably don't care about, so this you can just add to that list. But um, the relationship that is started was related to a conference that we had back in 2017 dealing with the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. and. As a result of that, um, several of us, Alan and and Jonathan, Josh, and I, and Phil Moran got together and, and started what's now become known as the Reformation Alliance, and out of that came this radio show, um, because the radio show asked us to come and just do some shows to promote the conference, and as a result, they came back and said, hey, would you guys be interested in doing that on an ongoing basis? And so mm-hmm. I think it was in 2018 we started this show, and quite honestly, um, we hope and pray that the show is beneficial for you as a listener, but I think all of us would probably testify. It's benef- beneficial to us. Yeah. You know, just being in studio with other pastors, uh, being, you know, even with the guest pastors as we do, do this, it, it shows us uh, in a wonderful way the body of Christ is far larger than our church. Phil Moran used to ask the question, how many churches are there in the Treasure Valley? And uh, the answer is one. Um, you know, Christ <laughs> is the head of his church, and we are part of that. Um, no matter how we exist in our local congregations, we're part of that large church. And I think I remember, yeah, when we started uh, the Reformation Boise Conference, and then the the radio program came about as well, they both have to do with the fact that um, the Reformation, the Protestant Reformation, started in 1517. We tend to think of it today as being a religious movement in kind of a narrow sense the way that we think today. But at the time, 
it, it was a it was a complete reformation and revival for all of life. Every part of life was affected, and it it, it touched off and made possible, for example, the United States of America, something like the Declaration of Independence. But uh, that's what we so desperately need today. We don't just need a narrow, quote, religious reformation. We need a reformation of faith that is going to reform all of life. That's, and that's one of the reasons for the title of our uh, little time together is the gospel for life. It, exactly. You know, it, it touches on everything. And today's question is the final one in this series where we've been going through questions from R.C. Sproul's books, Reason to Believe, or now that's a good question. And it pertains to the end of life. Um, And the question is, when you're dead, you're dead. There is no more. Is the Bible clear about the afterlife? How would you go about trying to convince people of life after death? Well, you know, just before answering that question, uh, you know, we were talking uh, the other day about uh, the catechisms and, you know, the Heidelberg Catechism, uh, question and answer. The first one is, what is my only comfort in life and in death? And and it comes back with the answer that I with body and soul, both in life and death, am not my own, but belong unto my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ, who with his precious blood has fully satisfied for all my sins and delivered me from the power of the devil and so preserves me that without the will of my heavenly Father, not a hair can fall from my head. Yea, all things must be subservient to my salvation. And therefore, by his Holy Spirit, he also assures me of eternal life and makes me sincerely willing and ready henceforth to live unto him. Um, So it contemplates, you know, uh, the comfort that we have in life, but also the comfort that we have in death. And, um, you know, the, the question about, you know, what happens when we die is answered by, by Scripture. It's answered in the Old Testament as well as the New. Um, we can talk about those things, but Deuteronomy, uh, I mean, rather Daniel, chapter 12, says that, uh, you know, talks about um the end of things, and there shall be a time of trouble such as there as never has been there in the nation till that time. But at that time, your sh- people shall be delivered, everyone whose name will be found written in the book. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall wake, some to everlasting life and some to everlasting contempt. So it's talking about the resurrection um, of the dead, which is what we're looking forward to. Uh, resurrection the bodily resurrection some to everlasting life some yeah, jesus said death. yeah there will be basically there's the resurrection of life and there's the resurrection of condemnation and everybody is going to participate in one or the other and and you know when you think about it it's really the fact that there is an eternity a resurrection unto life or condemnation it is that fact that eternal fact that makes any little decision we make in this life matter. Mm-hmm. It's what makes it matter. And if you think about it, even people who deny any kind of an afterlife, they just think you died, you, you just go into non-existence, be around them in the way they live, in the way they express their opinions and so forth. It's clear if you watch them in the way they interact, life matters to them. 
if you know somebody they are going to get upset if they believe somebody has wronged them in some kind of way well why does it matter if there's nothing after this what really does it matter why does anything matter if that's the case but it clearly matters to people which is it's just kind of a a a, a reflection of the fact that somewhere down deep they know that life just doesn't come to an end when we die in this life. The kids have it wrong. YOLO is not right. It's uh, YOL. You only live forever, right? Uh, the, there's an eternal life that has been granted unto you. How you spend that is directly in correspondence to how your relationship with Christ is. You can reject God for a lifetime and have it honored in eternity. Mm-hmm. Now, there are so many that may believe in an afterlife, but that belief is so distorted. Um, so we are talking about that you either spend an eternity in heaven, in eternal joy, in eternal life and peace. Presence of God. In the presence of God, or you have an eternity in hell. With the uh, presence of God in wrath. Yeah, and... I, I'm assuming that none of us in the room believe in annihilation. No. That we believe that life continues on forever for for everybody that lives, either in, in heaven or in hell. But there are so many that either believe in annihilation that when you die, even if there is a judgment, that's going to end in you being annihilated and so what's the big deal? Or they believe that hell is actually a positive thing, that it's just one eternal party. Um, how would you talk to them in, in a way that's helpful and meaningful? Well, I think it's important for them to understand that the Bible clearly does talk about an eternal torment, you know, where the the worm doesn't die and the fire doesn't go out. That's a that's an, a reminder of the continuation of that. Um, there there is also you know Jesus would give the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, you know, who is in torment. You know, and the, and he, and he's in a place. You know, the rich man. Uh, you know, who's only known by what he 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 really doesn't even have a name at this. You know, he's just named for what he lived for um, in that life. And he and he's you know, there's a gulf that he cannot pass over. Um, and Lazarus is being comforted by God, and that and it's it's. It's a way in which the Bible is lifting the veil to show us what happens after death. And, you know, the interesting thing, you mentioned Jesus teaching this. It's like there's a lot of people today who will mock uh, the idea of hell and what the Bible teaches on that. But then they will say, but I, I respect Jesus as a great moral teacher by the preeminent preacher of hell in the Bible was Jesus. He talked about the afterlife and hell and the res- great resurrection far more than anybody else in all of Scripture. Mm-hmm. This, again, I think, to go back just a few episodes, makes the argument for the authority of the Scripture. When we talk about whether it's distorted views of the afterlife as hell as you know, mm-hmm. Satan's realm where he rules and heaven is God's realm and the two are equal, 
that's just not what the scripture teaches. Mm-hmm. Um, expect, you know, accepting Jesus as a great moral teacher, yet denying his teachings. Yeah. If we're going to have a view of eternal life, and we've got to be informed by the authority of what the Bible actually says about it, and not just what popular culture yes, and, or and conjecture. If it, if, and if the Bible is presenting us Jesus as the Son of God, we know something else is true. God can't lie. So what he's, what Jesus is telling us about this is true truth. And and Jesus, I mean, even on the cross, famously with the the thief, the thief on the cross, really an insurrectionist, him, him and his his, his pal there, um, who in the course of hanging there for a few hours with Jesus uh, comes to faith, says, "Remember me when you come in your kingdom." I mean, Jesus at that moment mm-hmm. says, "Today." You will be with me in paradise. I mean, that's yeah. Jesus did not equivocate mm-hmm. at that moment. I think all of us probably agree that there's so much about the afterlife that we don't know. Um, the Bible doesn't give us all the details. Um, it tells us that heaven is going to be a place that it's beyond our ability to to, to fully understand the wonder and the beauty of it. That um, no I eye has, has seen, no ear, ear has heard. heard. Yep. And um, it also awaits. tells us though that that the whole creation, the whole earthly creation, is going to be resurrected, as it were. It's going to be renewed Mm -hmm. with all semblance of decay and sin and death and so forth being removed as well. But I think the same is true, that we can't imagine the glories of heaven. Um, I think it's also true that we really don't understand the the agony of hell, Mm -hmm. that both of those... um, are true. Yeah, I think that's a gift of God's common grace in this life, right? The restraint of sin and pain and suffering. Yeah. And so what I would say is that, I mean, it's kind of the Pascal's, yep. you know, thing. I mean. Wager, yeah. If, if I'm wrong, okay, and there's nothing after death, then I'm really not out that much. But if I'm right. And more importantly, I mean, we think Jesus had it right. He knew yep. what he was talking about. Yeah, yeah. Well, you have been listening to the Gospel for Life. We thank you for joining us, and we will see you next time. 